Welcome to Stimulating Minds Podcast. I am your host, Fallon Epps. I also have my co-host who will be joining us today. Her name is Bambi, and she should be on with us shortly. And Bambi is now on. Hello, Bambi. Hi, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Okay, so we're, I was just telling the audience, we're back. We have you here. Um, we would like to embark on a topic that we've covered in the past, but we actually are in a better position to cover it again. And I like to cover this topic because it's important to me. Um, and I feel like we should cover it at least once each season. So, we talked about it last season. We get to talk about it again this season. And uh, we'll be covering mental health. Uh, we're seeing a lot of it during this global crisis we are currently experiencing. We would like to be sure that we spend at least one episode on each season, like I said. So um, for this episode, uh, we will be having a conversation with a new guest. And I'm so glad that she's with us because she's a professional. Um, we have Sharia McCullough, a licensed clinical social worker with nearly eight years of mental health experience, as well as over 10 years of human resource. Well, no, I'm sorry. Human service experience. Did I Hi. say that correct, Sharia? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you did say it correctly. <laughs> hey. welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I want I just want you to tell the audience your background again. I know I just said a mouthful. <laughs> um me and Sharia go way back. Um I know that Sharia is highly educated and she's a professional in this field. But could you share with the audience? Because I don't think everybody knows, like, I know what a licensed clinical social worker is. And I'm sure Bambi knows. We know. Right. Um, but there are people that are not familiar. I know that my therapist is a licensed clinical social worker. Yay. And I'm not. Yes. Go. <laughs> I want to kind of give her a shout out. But you I should. <laughs> Lisa uh-huh. Lisa Wachter in uh, Raleigh. Okay. But um, I met her through, I think I went through like psychology today and mm-hmm. I was just searching because she's my second therapist. The first one didn't go too well. Um, and like, like I said before, therapists, my, in my experience, finding a therapist has kind of been like dating. Like I have to find the right match. And every therapist is not good for me. Right. It's not it's not always the best connection. But I know that in seeing her, you know, she took me through this whole assessment phase, mm-hmm. um, like client inventory of my strengths and my perceived uh, weaknesses and challenges and kind of assess my environment and my personal and professional life and everything. So basically, could you share with us? Um, what you do is that kind of like your area is that kind of like what each licensed clinical social worker does um is there a special area you like to focus on um so that was a lot I know so um me and myself I do practice um mental health services I have practiced in the private sector which just means like I work for a private company who contracts 
a bunch of different LPCs, which is licensed practice. Well, actually, I don't know what LPC is, but they're a different type of counselor. And then LCSWs, which is licensed clinical social workers right now. So I did that for about five years in three different companies. Um, And then this year I started offering mental health services in the health department so it's it's public it's it's still private mental health because they come to me privately but it's in the public sector because I am in the health department but there is a variety of different ways a licensed clinical social worker can work and offer print off offer mental health services um so we have services that are specifically for youth and that is like um what they can offer it in the in the home or as a therapist, and then there are ones that work with adults, ones that work with um, through your employer with the what is the EAP program. So there are different, there are very different roles. There are some LCSWs who only work in the like the public sector in like mental health hospitals or state hospitals. So, it, I mean, we're, we're kind of everywhere specific here recently, like Medicare has required licensed clinical social workers to provide services, to be part of a whole team that provides services to their patients. So we're kind of everywhere, but me specifically, I work in the mental health, in the mental health field, in the health department. And I just provide mental health services, not, um, like to not to the not acute services so like patients with that have like psychotic features like schizophrenia and bipolar with psychosis or anything like that they would go to their their mental health is more acute and so they would probably get services that um are provided to them on the day-to-day basis or in a facility mine are just very minimal like depression anxiety some behavior Mm -hmm. those types of things Okay. okay. I hope I answered your question because it was you did. Okay. <laughs> I it was, was like, a lot. oh my god, that's a lot. I mean, but my thing is with mental health and with social work, it's such a broad it category. Is. So that I'm glad that you explained it just like you explained it because um I would think that you could cover those um jobs, but you probably could cover them, but your job specifically focuses on the depression, things like of uh, longevity. Mm-hmm. not like if you need immediate mental health like maybe even drugs or even being restrained or something because right. sometimes those type <laughs> of um illnesses their immediate restraint or hospitalization and stuff like that right yeah so i'm familiar with yeah that, you yeah. answered my question i'm sorry it was loaded you know <laughs> I'm, was. Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an analytical person so i feel like i gotta explain where my question is coming from like oh well i know when i i have to relate it to myself and then that's fine like, yeah but i guess that's why when i went through my little stage of like trying to get into my therapy sessions I had to do like all these assessments and Mm -hmm. I was like why and like every time I like the first therapist I went to I did that assessment the second one I was like I need a new one I don't like you Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then it was like oh you can't just leave because you don't like what she's saying And (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't that it was just like I just the vibe 
the vibe right, I yeah. was getting from That's her okay. was like, you don't need to be here. You just a pouty woman. You just gotta <laughs> deal with life. Life will have challenges. Oh like she even said some things like that. You just need to pray about it and let it go. You know, like and oh like, wow, like she was like just pray lean on God like of course I'm gonna do that but God (laughs) also invented therapists for us to go see so I just went and found another one but um I just those assessments are important though they are important so that they can help the clinician like determine how they're gonna help you (laughs) it's crazy that you said that that doctor said that she should have a lot of complaints if she's saying stuff like that. well i think that 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 makes a very valid point in the importance yeah. of finding a good therapist because a good therapist i mean it's just as important that she fits you as it is that you you fit her or him so the assessment phase regardless of what type of therapist you go to an assessment is necessary and a lot of that is the billing part of it to ensure that you have a diagnosis that your insurance is going to continue to cover so that's a lot yeah. of where the assessment part comes, right? That's that's <laughs> a lot of where those assessments come from, and it can be a pain, particularly if you are going from therapist to therapist to find a right fit. Because every time you go to a new therapist, you have to do a new assessment. Like your assessment, in mm. most cases, won't follow you from one therapist to the next, even if it's within a year's time frame. So that is the headache with finding a good therapist, but it is imperative that you find a good one because just like you feel like those appro- those comments aren't appropriate, someone else may feel like that's exactly what they need to hear. And that's why it's important that I think in my case, I like to build that relationship up front because I need to know how, I need to make sure that the message I'm sending is going to be received by the therapist. She could have very well said it completely different and you received it completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did y'all look at Cherish today? Cherish. Mm-hmm. Cherish today is this, um, the sitcom or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The series on, on. And this last episode, that's what they were doing. They were shopping around for therapists for marriage therapy. Right. You know what I mean? And it was, it's unique that we're talking about that because that's exactly what happened. They went to one therapist that fit him that was like he was cool with, went to another therapist that was like all into her, like Arnsaw, and they finally found one that they both could um, just vibe with. Right. So I think that's important. It is very important. I have seen that series with you, Bambi, and I have, I'm not called up all the way. I, <laughs> so I have to go watch that episode, but I want to see it. But yeah, like I think her approach was like she was a black woman. I'm not saying anything negative towards black therapists. I respect our black therapists, and it could have been just a one-off situation. But mm-hmm. I felt like she was speaking to me like from sister to sister, like, "Honey, we got be- we got." We got bigger things to worry about. You need to just use that Bible and pray. You know, like. <laughs> but that's just like with my workout style. Like, if you, if I'm running, I don't do well with people saying, come on, you can do it. That actually makes me slow down. <laughs> but other people, when they're running and exercising, they like that um, encouragement and build up mm-hmm. and stuff. It motivates them to go hard. I'm not that way. Right. <laughs> And that that is important. Yeah, I I just feel like she just probably felt like she was she I I feel like she was coming from a good place, but it just didn't work for me. 
Yeah. Right. So what are y'all doing now? Like with the whole global crisis, like as far as you, I know Bambi, she's healthcare, so she's having to go to work every day. And I know that's frustrating. <laughs> and and I commend you. Like I'm I am thankful for all of the healthcare workers, the um frontline um retail people that are still in these grocery stores, the emergency <laughs> room, the paramedics, all of well, what are you doing, Sheree? Are you still going to work or everything? Is I am now? still going to work. So, you know, I work. So my primary job is child protective services. And then I do therapy on the side. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, I'm doing therapy in the health department. The health department obviously is not going to close because here where I live, the health department is the one offering the majority of the testing for the virus. But if we go to a point where, everything is shut down, only the primary services will be offered through the health department. So mental health or behavioral health services will not be necessary unless I decide I want to continue to offer them. As far as child protective services, that is a mandated service. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to go to work regardless. And after watching, I forgot his name, Fernandez. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. be there for them babies. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. it's been stressful for me, though. These past, like, you know, within the past two weeks, there's been so much information that's put out. And then there's like the change to the change to the change. So, um, right. like, Fallon said, I'm in healthcare in the military and we've been going to work every day. Like, today has been my first day where I have not been to work and it's been change after change after change like first they they were telling us we have to take temperatures of everybody now they're telling us only if they exhibit signs or think they've been in contact with the coronavirus and it's just so much information being poured out into us and nobody really truly understands what is going on here however people are just trying to do their due diligence to make sure that you're protecting people and their families you know what i mean right. so you, you we really don't know we have an idea but they don't know we're just so reactionary right now so that's the part that i'm dealing with and i actually had a breakdown yesterday that I was about to quit, even though I can't quit because I'm in the military and I signed a contract, but right. it, it, it it was really getting rough for me, like just so much changing. And when you're in charge of people and trying to make sure people are where they're supposed to be at a certain time, it was just getting, it was just a lot for me yesterday. So today, girl, I've been slaying in the bed all day. I don't <laughs> want to do anything, drinking my wine chilling doing mindless work like i mean mindless stuff like i'm tired of think i don't want to think for nobody else today today is all about i've been watching movies just don't want to think about mindless work you know what i mean so my and i think that is important not even i mean especially in this time this corona crisis time but you made a valid point of recognizing that you were at a point where you needed to self-care and I think that is it's an issue within our community more specifically I don't know how many times I can't even tell you how many times I have been in meetings with 
people of my colleagues mm-hmm. who are white specifically who tell me, oh, I can't work late. I have to go to the gym. I go to therapy on my lunch break. Like it's, it's a necessity for them. Yeah. And in our community, I think we look at it. If we look at so, sometimes, I think we're starting to look at it more of a, necess- a necessity, but still a luxury. And it's kind of on, I think it's, it's somewhere in between some, some people, some people in our community look at it as a necessity. Some people look at it as a necessity that's a luxury. And some people still look at it as a, you know, it still has that negative stigma to it. But it is still very necessary. Not You may not necessarily need to go to a therapist, but you still need to somehow practice some type of self-care. And decompress. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, I mean, life is already hard, but it's it's particularly harder for minorities so if you don't value I think it comes from a place of valuing yourself but you have to learn to value yourself enough to know that you need to take care of yourself and it doesn't necessarily mean keep hustling keep making money I mean that's all well and good but you I I believe very genuinely that you cannot pour from an empty cup period exactly amen You said a mouthful there. (laughs) You give it it to somebody you can't even give to yourself. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, what do y'all think, um, Sharia and Bambi, what do y'all think is some of the worst self-care habits that people have um, developed that they think is self-care, but it's really not self-care? That's a good one. In my opinion, I think it would be anything that that has only a short-term gain. So, like, if you go out and you go shopping and you buy, you know, four or $500 worth of clothes, you feel good in the moment. But when that four or $500 bill hits, you are now back where you started that puts you in the place to go and splurge on money. I mean, splurge on clothes or something like that. So, I feel like short-term gains are a bad self-care um habit yeah i agree in my opinion and that's really something i struggle with myself because i used to have bad retail (laughs) i wanted the newest purse i wanted the newest shoes and i thought it made me feel so good but in the long run no it it really didn't yeah, I, agree. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with what Sharia said, though, like those instant short term gratifications and definitely anything that's going to impede or um, stop your growth or just hurt your health. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> some people got some crazy habits out here. And I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like drug habits. Some people think that's self care, going out getting high right. and feeling good for the moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So because it's from because it's because it's from the earth. You know, we, oh, <laughs> yes, weed fine. is from the earth. <laughs> that people don't even think that's a drug, honey. But I mean, to each his own. I like wine. I think alcohol is a drug. That is mine, but I try not to overindulge right. in it. But I mean. I agree with you like those instant gratifications like I'm not like to the point where I gotta have shoes gotta have bags but every once in a while when I purchase it's a big one <laughs> <laughs> like a trip a car something and I already got my 
sights on a motorcycle. So I it won't be coming in the next few days or stuff like that. But it's like those short term gratification. But I know how to work up to it, save up to it. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a retirement gift for me. But. Oh, you want a motor? You want a motorcycle, girl? <laughs> girl, I got my motorcycle license, honey. I did not know that, baby. How you didn't know that about me? I don't know, girl. I don't know either. We need to, girl. No, y'all, we need to get to know each other. Um, social distancing because I, I clearly don't know you. Social distancing. This is my cousin. From the womb to the tomb, girl. I did not know that. Okay, I did not I know. I as long as I've known Sharia, I didn't know she was um in child protective services. <laughs> I always knew that. I guess that's something you would not make public either. But wait a minute, yeah. I'm not trying to get off subject. We're gonna get back on the child protective yeah. service in a minute. But as far as the bad self care habits, I guess I would say for me is spending money too, because like I will mm-hmm. like. Be like, oh my God, I just work. You know, y- y'all know that my commute is like an hour every day. That's just one oh, way. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. I'm spending I'm spending 10 hours a week on the road. Even though my job, I only have 35 hour work weeks, I'm still spending 10 hours on the road. Wow. So when this, yeah, it's a lot. Um, I'm making way more money than mm-hmm. I would make here in Rocky Mount. So it's like, I make a lot of money, but I'm tired. Right. So, you know, I guess my habit or my bad self-care habit would be like spending a little bit more money than I should be spending on something because I'm like, listen, I work hard all week. I need this. You know, like eating out more than I should. Oh, I work all week. I don't need to be cooking. You know, or (laughs) 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 spending more time on social media. Um, spending more time watching more TV than I need to be watching when I could be doing something else like reading or doing classwork or something like that. But um, I think those are bad habits that I've had or like drinking excessively, drinking and going out excessively. I don't think those are bad habits. I think you just have to find a balance. And I feel like a lot of that, the, the reason... And I could be wrong that you feel like they may be they may be bad. It's because social media influences influences us that we should be doing something else with our time. But there are days where yeah. I dedicate to not getting out the bed and not servicing others and doing Hello? what I want to do. And sometimes on my to do list as a practice of self care is nothing, and it needs to stay yes. nothing all day. That's today for me. So, All right. Well, maybe. Well, maybe I'm being hard on myself. You are being hard on yourself, sis. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> you work hard for the money, honey. And let me tell you something. If you can't buy yourself a meal that you feel like you deserve, or indulge in social media and tv and all this stuff then what are you working for true you got to be able to reap some of the the rewards and not have all your money honey going into Mm -hmm. bills you know what i'm saying right i'm I'm thankful because you know you you have a testimony but i'm thankful that you're able to see that right now like you see that you even out could be a and I'm a, then I'm gonna sound. be fat, y'all. I'm gonna stay chunky. <laughs> oh. so, girl, let me tell you something. Girl, you know they they like these hips, girl. They love mm-hmm. hips, girl. Honey, I need to lose some weight. But anyway, <laughs> I, 
that's that's me. But next next yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry if I'm taking y'all too fast. That's okay. Like I getting back to you talking about you got you have your motorcycle license. I didn't know Sharia was in child protective services, but also too, I don't feel like that's something you would be making public. Like, oh yeah. You know, you child know, protective services. It it is something that I prefer not to make public, like on social media. But I have let it slip a couple of times. But and and as soon as I do that, I get those inbox messages. Hey, CPS showed up at my door. What do I do? And it's a gift and a curse because I always I feel like in situations like that, particularly in this community or in this area where it's so southern, <laughs> I guess to say. I don't yeah. feel like our community or minorities are properly educated on how they should deal with CPS. I still feel like there are a lot of people in the field who feel like threatening or, you know, who feel like they can make people do stuff instead of educate them and allow them to make the decision themselves. I still feel like th- there are a lot of social workers in the field who still operate like that. I'm not one of those. So I would I would love to publicize that I am in CPS so that I can offer that education but it's going to have to be when I'm out of the field not, not in it still yeah and also too like with you being on the field and I know you are on social media but now I understand like why you don't, you're not on their like yeah. broadcasting <laughs> but my question is is like if you see something being done and like that's like not right with mm-hmm. people, kids on the internet, like say I got a whole bunch of kids at my house and I'm taking pictures of them and I haven't got parents consent or I'm doing something that's not legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it and it's in, I guess, a county that you work in. Can you do anything about it or you got to pretty much stay out of it until a claim or a case comes your way? No, so I am what they call a mandated reporter. So anytime Mm -hmm. I see that there are children at risk, I am I am mandated to report. Now, I have been on social media for a long time and I've even seen some videos where classmates and I won't call their name, but people, well, friends who people who are my Facebook friends do things that would warrant a CPS call. But I have taken it upon myself to let them know, like, hey, we took a call on this very same behavior uh yesterday or last month and i will give them the opportunity to try and correct it because when you know better you do better but if i see that they're continuing to still display that destructive behavior or place that child in risk i that's it i'm only gonna tell you one time the next time i have to i'm technically i was supposed to call it in the first time um, but mm. I will go ahead and make those calls. And a lot of times that is why I stay off of social media because I just don't yeah. want to be put in that situation where I have to be the one who calls CPS in because CPS is not a good, you just don't want us in your life. Like it is, it's very bad. It can be very, it can be very good, but it can also be very bad. So let me tell you, after I saw that documentary, I I feel like better safe than right. sorry. Let 
let CPS come out there. And I love that they portrayed like the lady that was CPS that got the call to come out there and check a mother's home because, you know, it was just the jilted lover that called mm-hmm. CPS. However, the lady was so professional. She went in there. She looked in the house, made sure it was clean, made sure they had running water, made sure they had hot water, made sure the toilet flushed, made sure she had formula for the baby she was like really she like can i see the baby mm-hmm. bottom make sure like took the baby clothes off make sure that the baby didn't have anything wrong with him but i just it's just like a new level of respect like if you ain't doing nothing you don't have nothing to worry right. about you understand what i'm saying right like, that that's the, and the same line, thing so. yeah that's good that you can take that approach but also like you said if I were you too, I would try to stay off, you know, not, and even like, yeah. I know on Facebook and on certain sites, you can filter what you see. So mm-hmm. you won't even see those types of things. But also too, with, with the mental health side, like if I'm posting something on my Facebook and I'm sounding like I'm like suicidal over here and you happen to see it, you can also report that too. Right. Right. Yeah, so it kind of, it's kind of, uh, I feel like, do you ever feel like it can get kind of draining, like you're working off the clock? <laughs> it is very draining, and yeah, no it's, it's, it's extra draining to me because I am an introvert, so when I go out, I, you know, I already am avoiding contact to begin with, but I'm also, all, I feel like I am always on the clock because I'm always looking unconsciously to make sure nobody is harming children or mm-hmm. you know that nobody is acting in a psychosis or have like so it is it's unconsciously me doing it and a lot of times like my husband does not understand because he's such an extrovert but he's like well come on why you don't want to go to walmart the craziest people are always in walmart so i don't know oh, amen can we go to target like wally <laughs> world that's what they call it right so yeah, it is. And that's why this year specifically I had, well, I actually took a job. I, I took a position where I work seven days on and I'm off for seven days. So I was able to incorporate oh, a lot okay. of self-care because I was at the point where I was like, look, I can't keep doing this. And it starts to, I guess, un- unconsciously manifest in your own life. Like you start to look at things differently. Like, hmm, I, that's kind of shady. You know, things that mm. are could, are normally very innocent because you've been exposed to the domestic violence or the substance use or the um, sexual content. Like, you know, you look at stuff and you're like, hmm, I think he stared at my daughter a little too long, you know, stuff like that. Uh So you just start to, you can start to become very paranoid about, you know, the situations your own children are in. And I'm sure my children hate that I work in CPS because I don't let them go anywhere. I'll tell them in a minute, I don't know them. I don't know. I don't know her mama. I don't know, you know, so (laughs) that, that part of it also affects my day to day. Well, I don't know now because my mom was like that. She wasn't even in the field. Like, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't spending the night over nobody's house. She did do medical now. Well, right. And you see so a lot of It's stuff. like it goes hand in hand. But, natural care but keep in mind, she didn't do medical until after I was out of high school. Okay. Yeah. So, like, where and did I was... she? I guess it's just your maternal instinct, too, that be like, yeah. nope, you're not going over there. Or maybe something that happened 
in her youth that she like, uh-uh, mm-mm, it yeah. ain't happening, mm-hmm. you know? So right. mm-hmm. my mom was very strict. But, like, how do you think, um, how do you guys think our mental health is, our mental health is suffering? I don't feel like my mental health is suffering because my therapist is a phone call away. Like, I can schedule a, a call with her. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I think the last time we met was maybe a week ago, right before, it was like the day before we were told to clear out of our office. I had a meeting with her. So, and I don't even know what I'm saying, meeting, a session, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. I'm good, but I feel like had I not been doing that, I would be in straight panic mode right now. <laughs> and I would have like hundreds and uh, hundreds of toilet paper in my house (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh my god so like I mean you kind of gotta like I know it's not a laughing situation um it's really not but I feel like and you know let me know if I'm wrong or I'm going down the wrong path but like um people their mental health is suffering right now just from some of the things that I've seen, like going in the grocery store, the way people are acting and like the way things are just being all the toilet paper is gone. Thing in the store is gone. Like the constant posting of this article and that article. Um, the man that was on TV, not on TV, he was like live in Walmart saying he had the virus and like what? Man, I, don't, I don't expose myself to stuff, myself to stuff oh like that. God. I don't feel like people's mental health is suffering, but I do feel like it is impacted. Um, me, myself, I know I cannot watch stuff, you know, people's lives, and I can't keep watching the news. I just cannot. I'm, I'm recently discovering I'm sort of an empath so I cannot keep watching yes, stuff like that because people. I start to feel so bad like I went into the grocery store and our grocery store here where I live is pretty stopped really at least one or two of them mm-hmm. good so but because I kept watching those you know those updates and I'm in a mm-hmm. group chat with some of my best friends and they send every update People panic, mm. all these videos. And so I'm in the grocery store and I see an aisle full of cereal. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take one because there are kids who can only eat cereal. See, I will do stuff like that. So I can't why I can't keep exposing myself to those updates. But I do feel like I don't feel like people's mental health is suffering unless they were already suffering before this mm. time. But I do feel like people whose mental health was pretty stable could be impacted by such a time because there are as much as they're trying to keep us alert they're also invoking a lot of fear and people panic Mm -hmm. in fear and when they're when they fear stuff and don't understand things Uh well i think that people (laughs) check on your medical care providers (laughs) check on your emergency responders check on your friends that are janitors and all this stuff who has not stopped Mm -hmm. because of all this and their workload actually has probably increased Mm -hmm. with the 
um, just the constant change of what's supposed to be. We supposed to use um, Clorox. No, use Lysol. No, use Cavi White. You know, like it's a lot of changes that's going on out there and all we can do is be flexible and resilient. But, you know, like when you're a healthcare provider, especially like, um, like emergency care, healthcare providers, like those who are first contact, when they have to um, examine people, like your lives are more at stake than the average person because you have to make that decision on the ground. Like this person has a 107 fever in fever is a symptom of coronavirus, but does that mean they have coronavirus? Mm -hmm. You have to put them on a mask anyway, just to protect yourself. So just, um, I feel like my mental health definitely has been impacted Mm -hmm. and, uh, I am in a definitely in, in a high rate of stress right now, <laughs> right? Due to the increase of everything that's going on. And then I have people calling me because I'm in the military. Like, are we going to martial law? Like, when you see military vehicles in your street <laughs> and soldiers line the street, then you be worried about military law. But as long as the local um, law enforcement can monitor and handle the uh, the cases right now or what's going on in the community, there is, we're nowhere near martial law. You know what I mean? Right. So I have someone texting me every day, like what they say, <laughs> like what the military say. Like, first of all, I can't be telling you what the military say, right. but it's not even we ain't even there yet you know what i'm saying when you see military vehicles in your streets and soldiers on your streets then get worried you know we not there yet well i hope we do not get there Mm-mm. i don't think we're gonna get there Mm-mm. i'm praying so yeah. yeah well i mean definitely um definitely people are panicking for sure and you know like i think like um with the common not the common but just with the public the general public i think like being told what they can and cannot do plays a lot on your mental health too you know what i'm saying like having to stay inside (laughs) you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like practice social distancing like not going anywhere and finding things to do, trying to teach your children, you know, homeschool them or figure out what the, you know, the curriculum that the teacher sent home with them. I think that all of this is playing on people's mental capacity too, Mm -hmm. like cabin fever. I know I get cabin fever sometimes, but I like being in the house, but sometimes I got to go outside smell some fresh air you know what I'm saying <laughs> but I don't think that's I think outside is a better place than being um up in the house you know what I'm saying like it's, right. they're not telling you like stay inside don't go outside <laughs> you still can go outside and get some fresh air it's just that they trying to minimize like you know gatherings over a certain number of people yeah I think also the social distancing is causing people to be confronted with what they were able to um, overlook or not deal with because of work and other responsibilities. Like if you're lonely, you go to work and then you go to the club or you go to the gym and then you come home and you go to sleep. But now you just sitting at home lonely (laughs) or if you don't like your kids, 
You know, you <laughs> just had to feed them and put them to bed, but now you home with them all day. Or if you and your husband or your significant other, other have a volatile relationship, now that toxicity is just sitting in one room or in, in one face. house all day. <laughs> so I think that definitely is going to cause people who may not be at the point of suffering to eventually have a mental health breakdown some type of way because but you are confronted with what you've mm-hmm. been, been able to avoid all this time. This could be a um a great thing, a helpful thing. Or it's, so that it was one of be. my things that I wanted to put out here in the podcast. Things that can help you get through the mental health crisis and the social distancing, self-quarantine, isolation. Yes. Like what kind of things are you forced to confront, face, mm-hmm. or just do to help get through this time period? Well, I guess I'm enjoying what? more time with myself and getting to know myself <laughs> girl I hope you ain't pull out that drawer with that dang velvet red lining <laughs> <laughs> you are so wrong I don't even have that drawer anymore I do I, I'm talking about myself but uh... <laughs> yeah but I am just trying to get to know myself and but I will say check on your extroverted friends. They are yeah, not right. It might be because my husband is going through it. My I'm not even gonna lie, my husband is going through it. He's been at Walmart, he been at, he don't even like Target. He's like, You need something from Target. He just because he got really bad allergies. He was outside all yesterday. You know what he you gotta just, do with him, Sharia? You gotta do what? TikTok. I'm trying to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> Girl. See, my kids aren't here. My do- my daughter, who- she's the social media expert, and she's not here. But I'm sure when she gets back, she'll entertain. You tell her, I need a block of instruction because I want to learn how to TikTok. Are you talking about like where they be like flip a switch? Yeah. Yeah, they're doing all these dances. And she was here doing them all Friday. She was so bored. But yeah, he's going crazy. And I'm just... I'm fine. I done read two books. I done decluttered. I done cleaned out my closet. See, those are... They want you to put out there in the atmosphere. So cleaning was definitely on my list of things like people can do to kind of get through and decompress and Mm -hmm. get their shit. This is a time to get yourself, get your life in order. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So cleaning, reading, exercising, teleworking like even though you're sent home and you might not be um getting paid to telework you know some of us like myself like to do things to make sure that we're I'm organized at work you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you can use this time to capitalize on that and binge watch tv mm-hmm. catch up on the movies you haven't seen and if you don't know a lot of things a lot of movies that are being offered or would be in theater right now are being offered through um streaming services so you can actually get the movies through streaming services that are now available in the, that is supposed to be in the movies because movie theaters are shut down and stuff like mm, that. i didn't know that yeah i did see yeah that. girl i don't i don't look at the invisible man i saw that on instagram <laughs> girl <laughs> <laughs> anyway another thing that i um noticed that you can capitalize on is free internet i don't know if y'all seen it out there People who have kids and the kids have been given curriculum to come home and try to make it through the summer or through the last few months of the school year, you can 
check with your service provider and see if they have free internet. There's a lot of things. There's like bill extensions mm-hmm. that's being um, granted right now. Like people are grant like not letting you pay your bills on purpose this time. You know what I'm saying? You can capitalize. <laughs> you said on purpose. Getting... <laughs> exactly. I'm serious. Now some of us need that month to get ahead. Like, hey, listen, we're going through global crisis. I'm out of work right now. Yeah, can, you can you spare me? Right. A, a lot of people will need it. And that's the thing, like that's the thing. Like a lot of people who like restaurants and stuff that are like completely shut down. Like, because I know it's bad in other areas, like upstate New York, um, New Jersey, California. Yeah, they done shut yeah. the state down. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure these folks are struggling. Mm-hmm. So, but those, these things are being offered right now. But closed mouths don't get fed, ladies and gentlemen. You have to, like, there are a few things that's being advertised through the social media and on the internet, but if you are hurting, don't just sit there and be silent. Call your provider. Um, Verizon sent me an email telling me that they were doing this, so just make sure that you're checking or let your bill people know, because most people or most um bill services are allowing a buy, like, for mm-hmm. a month or two. So, just check on it. If you're unable to pay your bills, don't just sit back there and let it mess up your credit or get behind on your bills. Actually engage your services and see what they're offering. Right. Um, cr- credit monitoring. I've seen some free lunches, dinners, mm-hmm. food distributions that's going out there. And this is also an opportunity for people to volunteer. Like, get out there and see what's going on and see how you can contribute to the community. There's a lot of things out there that's going on In a safe way. Right now. Volunteer in a safe way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl, I'm scared. Girl, even you like coffee in you... the plates. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sick. Right. Like, so, you are the main one that needs to stay Yeah, I'm home. not going out, but mm-hmm. I did go out today for a minute came back, but um, Mental health resources. Do you know of any free resources, Sharia? So there are quite a few. The state of North Carolina is picking up um, putting in putting mental health, putting a mental health provider or mental health behavioral health services in the health department because a lot of people in our community, and I don't know if this is just where I live, but the reason they brought me into the the health department here is because a lot of people in our community or underprivileged, underserved, uninsured people were relying on their mental health services from the hospital. And that is not effective at all. Um, So the state is starting to implement these services within the health department. Most counties do have, um, if they don't have, well, all counties should have a health department, but they also should have, a low income provider and they also have started to put mental health providers within those low income or low cost um, medical service providers for I know Rocky Mount Nashville area I think it's called Harvest um, the Harvest Medical Clinic and they offer all sorts of um, primary services but they also now offer mental health services um, there are also places you earlier Fallon had talked about finding a provider and, um, there is a podcast called black, black girls in therapy and through their podcast, they have, um, a search engine where you can find providers 
in your area. I am also in therapy. I just started this year. I think it was the best thing I could have ever done. And I'm not sure why I started, why I hadn't started earlier, but I think earlier I was able to manage my own mental health, but now the therapist needs a therapist because you dump a lot of stuff on the therapist and I can't keep coming home and dumping that on my husband. So, Mm -hmm. um, I found my therapist through my insurance company. So I before when I decided that I was going to seek therapy to help with this transition in my life, I I wrote down what was important, what I needed to get from my therapist. So it was important to me to have an older African-American person who believed in Christ. I understand that, you know, I also encourage my coworker who's also in CPS. Um, to go to therapy and what was important to her was to have somebody she could relate to so she's much younger and she has a millennial like therapist who's younger but very successful so I think it's important when you decide to go to therapy to determine what's important in a therapist um, Mm -hmm. and what you want from the therapist there are a bunch of different styles um therapists off they practice we have the liberty particularly if they have their own practice to practice however they see fit so some people need somebody who is going to tell them no you do this and don't do that and some people like me in particular I just need somebody to help process my thoughts I don't need you telling me what I need to do because that's the don't come at me that way but yeah I do need you to help me process how I'm thinking and, you know, help me navigate through whatever issue I'm having. But I don't need you to tell me this or don't do this or you need to do that. And I think it's important for me. And I also like to regurgitate this with my own clients is I don't ever minimize what they see as an issue, which is kind of right. how I think you felt yeah. about yes. when you went to your therapist. I understand you are an older black woman or you're a younger black woman or you're a young person or an old man. And our issues may be very different. Where we are in lives may be very different. But if it's an issue to you, it's an issue. I can't say. You're entitled to feel exactly. how you want to feel. And that's, that's a problem I see a lot of times in mental health. And that's a stigma I think a lot of people in our community have about seeking services. Is They feel like, particularly men, I hear a lot of men say, can't nobody tell me how I'm going to do such and such. Or can't nobody tell me nothing about my household. And it's not about Preach. somebody telling you about <laughs> what's in your household. It's about somebody helping you navigate and see things differently about what's in your household. But nobody should ever be telling you how you should feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's very kinda, important. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you said that you see your therapist to help you process. Because that's kind of like a lot of what I go through with my therapist, like, I want her to help me process things. Don't talk at me. Talk with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I did the same thing, like, this past week. Like, I'm analytical, too, but I feel like I got five people in my head telling me what to do. So sometimes I can't process all the thoughts like slow them mm-hmm. down as they're entering mm-hmm. into my head like sometimes I'll think about something then I'll forget about something because a hundred other thoughts mm-hmm. are coming in my head mm-hmm. so that's the reason why I like try to talk to my therapist about like how can I slow like benefit from my mind working like over time like this but slow it down so I can capture and benefit from all of right. this you know what I mean 
Ooh. All right. Well, that was good. <laughs> we've covered a lot, ladies, and I, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us, Sharia. We we gotta have you back. No problem. <laughs> my line. I did. We gotta have you back. <laughs> yes. No yes. problem. I'd oh love to God. come back. All right. Well, do you have any anything else that you want to tell our audience before we close out? Plug. I don't have a plug, but I do think it's Girl. important right now to take care of yourself. I mean, I think it's very imperative that you take care of yourself. And I, uh, another thing I see amongst the millennial, well, I'm not even going to say it's a millennial thing. I see it in the African-American community a lot, particularly with women. We feel like we have to be so strong, but you got to take care of yourself. Like you cannot pour from an empty cup. So sometimes if you need to cry, cry. If you need to run, run. If you need to sit in your car for 20 minutes, sit in your car for 20 minutes. I mean, do what you need to do to take care of yourself because you can't take care of others if you're falling apart on the inside or the outside, really. Yeah. I agree. But at a time like this, just take care of yourself. Be kind and Wash your hands. That's, that's really all I have. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh, girl, yes. What about you, Bambi, in the healthcare? Uh, what I do want to tell, and she just did, said a lot, wash your hands. I know people think, like, that's common practice, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's do not wash their hands. And what I will say is drink a lot of water and push a lot of vitamin C. Vitamin C builds your immune system and helps you fight off um colds and all that stuff like that. But if you do get a virus, and it might not be coronavirus, any virus has to run its course. So if you're taking medication, you're only taking medication to, um, you know, get at those symptoms that you're having, like maybe diarrhea or coughing or anything, fever, like that, but push a lot of water, vitamin C, work out, and practice good personal hygiene. <laughs> that's the that's the bottom line. Stay clean. That's a good one. <laughs> Keep it clean. Stay clean. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, like here where I'm at? They have hand like you can't even go into a building now on the military installation. They have hand washing stations set up like before you go into the grocery store that's on post before you go into the shopettes and stuff that's on post so it's a lot of things that probably should have implemented be implemented before this coronavirus that's implemented right now yeah so you know bottom line is stay clean wash those hands Mm -hmm. um and thank y'all again we are closing out i'll talk to y'all the next time thank you bye you're welcome (laughs) bye